0: And thanks for tuning in to Winning Ponies again this week.
1: Had a sensational week last week. As you know, we're closing in. This is the time of the year when all the final big Breeders' Cup prep races go. Last week, we went out to the... West Coast with Tom Quigley and the East Coast with handicapper Mike Watchmaker. We'll go back and review those races. There were some sensational ones. Uh, for Obviously, on the West Coast, uh, the Awesome again. And on uh, the East Coast, the Jockey Club Gold Cup. What an exciting race that turned out to be. And it is Fall Stars Weekend, which means opening weekend, At Keeneland, they're going to have nine graded stakes races worth $3.6 million over three days. Five of those are grade one races, and we're going to look at four of the grade one races. And who better to bring in but a guy by the name of Keeneland. That's right, Keeneland Dan Cronin. He'll be capping the Keeneland races with us, starting with... Friday's grade one, Alcibiades, the Darley Alcibiades, that's two-year-old fillies. And then on Saturday, again, uh, we've uh, got the the new track, dirt track at Keeneland. Though our first race won't be on the dirt, it'll be the turf, the first lady, 400,000 grade one. Uh, Then we're going to move back to the boys. On the main track, see him go a mile and a 16th in the Claiborne Breeders Futurity. And then we're going to round that out with a look at Horse of the Year, Wise Dan and his competitors in the first million-dollar race ever run at Keeneland, the Shadwell Turf Mile. You would think that such a prestigious track would have run a Million-dollar race by now, but that's not the case. Again, Dan Cronin will be our capper. And then one of my favorite people from Keeneland, Amy Owens, will be with us. Uh, she is the communications associate, uh, is the anchor person for all the information that comes out of there. So Amy's going to let us know uh, what's going on in the back stretch, how things are looking at the track, and some of the new and unusual features that Keeneland is presenting to the uh handicappers this year. Well, we will uh, start with uh, some not-so-good news. Jockey Rajiv Marat underwent surgery this week uh, in Manhasset, New York. He broke his right arm when he was unseated during the Million Dollar Jockey Club Gold Cup. Again, a race we're going to be reviewing shortly here. Uh, It looked like uh, he fell from his mount on Wicked Strong when he clipped heels with Moreno, who kind of really veered into him, didn't look like he was in the top spot, and the stewards agree. Moreno uh, went on to finish fourth. He was disqualified and placed last, and in conjunction with that, the New York stewards suspended jockey Junior Alvarado for 15 days for careless riding following that incident, and uh, very uh, serious in their opinion, and that's why he got as many days... uh, As he did, Uh, he says, they said it was a careless ride, and I 100% agree. I had a horse going in front of me. I had a choice to go outside or inside. I decided to go inside without looking. I don't blame anybody else. 100% my fault. So i got to say, that's pretty gutsy for him. Most of these guys come up with an excuse for some reason. But uh, the the penalty was issued. It was on television, uh, the severity of it said naira stewart brawley Beza junior he put the guy in the hospital so 15 days Uh, alvarado is going to appeal it to try to buy a few days now uh we're glad rajiv mara is out of the hospital also glad to hear that kent DeSormo is out of the hospital he's recuperating from a bruised lung and fractured ribs um he received the injury in a paddock incident um and uh he was in the hospital for two days for observation, and uh, he is out. It is not clear how long DeSormo will be sidelined. So, Rajiv Murat and Kent DeSormo, certainly these guys would have had some top mounts uh, at the Keeneland meet coming up and going into the Breeders' Cup. Uh, I've got to feel really terrible for both those guys, and we at Winning Ponies wish them nothing but the best. We're... Is the one press release from Amy Owens I did not want to read. Racing electronics pioneer Gaston Galjour passed away. Uh, He oversaw Keeneland's uh, electronic services for many, many years. Uh, He passed away where I used to live for a little while in Metairie, Louisiana, when I moved down there to work at the fairgrounds for a while. And nobody took me under his wing like Gaston Galjour. What a cool guy. He ran the video department, and in the back he'd be out there doing a crawfish boil for all the crew. When they would get off, uh, cases of beer, uh, everybody was invited. Um, he, he started with the sound system at the fairgrounds and he, he developed uh, the video patrol system in 1960. I mean, that was the first to be used in the United States. Uh, very cutting edge guy. Uh, but the, the main thing about him is he was just an unbelievable human being. Everybody around him will uh, testify to that. And of course, the fact that uh, he stayed on at Keeneland uh, for so very, very long, uh, his testimony to it, and through him and with him I, I met Glenn gremion who 's in the broadcast services department at Keeneland, one of the one of the best guys ever and i 'm sure it hit Glenn very hard, so uh, a loss to the racing community Gaston, we will miss you well, uh, Lori Wideck, one of the top female riders in the country, celebrated her. 1,500th win. I believe she got it on Tuesday over in Indiana. We did have a party for her in Cincinnati today. Uh, she She's kind of a Gary Stevens type. She took seven years off uh, and then uh, made a comeback, and she's been looking great in the saddle until... The seventh race today at Belterra Park, her horse kept getting out and getting out. We couldn't see what happened on the video, but she did come off the mount, and early accounts are that she was feeling stiff in her head and shoulders, neck and back, and uh, that's kind of where her injury was, so uh, they took her for observation. Well, another leading... Female rider, the, uh, the one at the top in the country right now, Rosie Napravnik, she was named the Jockey's Guild Jockey of the Week after she won the Grade 1 Rodeo Drive Stakes at San Anita on Saturday, came back on Sunday to win no fewer than three stakes races at Remington Park. It deservedly gets named Jockey's Guild Jockey of the Week. Um, and if you get a chance to go back and look at the uh, Rodeo, which we'll talk about here in a minute, uh, It was uh, just an unbelievable final few yards, and she got up with emollient uh, splitting horses. It was just a sensational ride. Also, as we know, we wrapped up the uh, Kentucky Downs meet and uh, Rosie ended up being tied for uh, first in wins and second in earnings through the week. She won nine times with four seconds and two-thirds, earned $608,000. That's not bad uh, for a week's uh, work at all. Uh, the 26-year-old Napravenik, uh just uh, continues to, uh, to move forward after being the first woman to ride in all three Triple Crown races. And uh, she's on track to land in the top ten by earnings for the third straight year. Uh, we'll hear some news we probably didn't want to hear, but trainer uh, Doug O'Neill will serve a 45 day suspension and was fined $10,000 by the New York State Gaming Commission for the finding of a forbidden substance and one of his horses following a race at Belmont in June of 2013. It looks like he is putting in an appeal and that he won't have to start serving the days or have his appeal uh, ruled on until after the Breeders' Cup. Well, let's take a look at some of these sensational races we handicapped with some top handicappers uh, last week. Of course, the, the, the eye-popper being the awesome, again, huge prep for the Breeders' Cup Classic. And the question was, Shared Belief taking on another new racing strip, taking on older horses, can he do it? Well, they sure didn't make it easy for Shared Belief and Mike Smith. They were parked outside the entire race. Even though he broke from the four-hole, he was kind of moved out all the way into the first turn. And if you look at the head-on down the back stretch, they just continued to take turns and haunt Mike Smith. Um, He was not a happy man after the race. He just said, boy, they sure made it hard on me. Bottom line is, shared belief, undefeated son of Candy Ride, trained by Jerry Hollendorfer, Jim Rome. Uh, the sports guru is one of the owners. This is good for the game, folks. We've got an undefeated three-year-old going into the Breeders' Cup Classic. He had a trip over the strip. Got the job done over FedBed, who had the lead turning for home but just could not hold on. Uh, Footbridge, big long shot. Rafael Beirano up, finished in the third spot. Then with uh, Tom Quigley, we handicapped the Zenyatta and another champion in there. Beholder, odds on, she kicked clear and held on. It was an exciting race. Mike Smith in the saddle, he had an awfully good payday for sure. Again, he takes the Zenyatta over Tis Midnight and Io Tapa. Then out at Santa Anita, a race that Bob Baffert had won 10 times, the Chandelier. This time it went to Todd Pletcher, who shipped all the way over from Saratoga. Horse that ran third in the spinaway, second in the Adirondack. Angela Reni, led by two in the lane and held on. They switched blinkers to this horse and obviously it respond. Rafael Bayerano in the saddle, one by one and a half over. Conquest Eclipse, who was the slight favorite in there. And Danette, that big long shot of 27 to 1, ran third. Should be interesting for the baby races as we get closer to the Breeders' Cup. Uh, then we went to the uh, $300,000 Front Runner. And the winner was the horse I liked. No big deal here. It was odds on. Wire to wire. American Pharaoh, Bob Baffert's got his hands on another classy boy. Got the job done over Calculator, who's 12 to 1. And then the horse of Tom Quigley liked it. A price at 12 to 1. Texas Red ran third. And then the last race we looked at at Santa Anita. What a finish. The Rodeo Drive, we just talked about it. Emollient slices through horses with Rosie up, gets the job done. A Paranda was second, fought back. gamely. Rusty Slipper, was in the third spot. So those were the top races on the West Coast. On the East Coast, without a doubt, the big battle was on the Jockey Club Gold Cup Invitational's table. And what a fight it was. A horse who... Uh, a lot of people like putting blinkers off. Christopher Clement, tonalist, who ran third in the Travers, second in the Jim Dandy after winning the Belmont Stakes, had Joel Rosario up again and got the job done. It uh, was uh, kind of a very exciting, uh, not uh, good to see race. His wicked strong clipped heels with Moreno coming over on him. Again, Rajiv uh, has, has a broken arm right now. Uh, so, uh, Cup running in second at 4-1. Mike Watchmakers pick Zevo. And in the third spot was 52-1 shot Long River. In the flower bowl, well, the winner there was number nine, Stephanie's kitten, the slight favorite. Got it done. Ran a little bit closer to the pace this time. That's what Mike Watchmaker was most worried about, that maybe she had lost some of her form. And then in the Vosburg Invitational, it was Private Zone, the horse that won the Vosburg last year, repeats as the winner this year. And the final Belmont race that we did look at was the Joe Hirsch Turf Classic Invitational. The winner in here, the one both Mike and I liked, Graham Motion's got his hands on a nice gelding that started over in Europe. Main sequence is now three for three uh, back in his homeland, and this was another exciting race, An awkward start. Came up with a late great kick. Rajiv Murat was in the saddle. Obviously, main sequence will have a new rider. Well, that's a look at all the hot action that happened Last week, I'm here on Winning Ponies with our handicappers. And coming up next, it's time to shine a light down on the bluegrass. That's right. We're going to Lexington, Kentucky. We're going to be talking to a- Amy Owens about Keelan. You're listening to Winning Ponies. The opening kickoff is a beauty. with 2.8
2: seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here.
0: From high school to the pros, we, we, cover everything. we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What?
1: One of my favorite people in racing, and she knows it because I tell her every time I see her. It's Amy Owens. I believe she has the title of uh, Keeneland's Communications Associate. Uh, She helps the Communications Department, but she's got a really great, great background to be doing what what she does. Uh, a Missouri girl, and if you go on her Facebook page, you'll see she's a big old fan. Uh, She's a graduate of their School of Journalism. Uh, She's been a freelance writer, editor uh, of uh, one of the main magazines down in the Lexington area over the years, but now she just grinds it out at one of the finest tracks in the country. It's got to be a joy to work every day at Keeneland, huh,
3: Amy? Certainly is, John. Thanks a lot for having me on the show. Yeah, working at Keeneland is a dream job for somebody who has been in love with horse racing as long as I have, so I arrive here every day and just say a little prayer of thanks, that I get to enjoy the, the majesty of the thoroughbred and the place that really celebrates racing and wants to do the best it can for the industry.
1: Well, uh, we, we had uh, your, your president on a couple weeks ago, and he was just a breath of fresh air. Uh, he just sounds like he, he's, he's a, a great guy to work for.
3: He certainly is. He's very open to new ideas, but yet very much respectful of the past and the traditions that that Keeneland represents. So he's very good to work with.
1: Well, yeah, at Keeneland, you know, the horse comes first. What's got to be kind of neat about working at Keeneland, Amy, is it's kind of a cool roller coaster that, that the ride never ends because, you know, so many of us that work in racing, it's a seasonal job. You know, we, we look forward to the meet, the meet starts, we have our big races, we, we celebrate, and then the meet ends, and you kind of go away. But, but at Keelan, it, it's, it's a, I won't call it a three wins ring circus, but there's always an air of excitement, because you, you, you go from what is always a great race meet, uh, whether it be in the fall or spring, um, onto, uh, the, the sales. And, uh, it's just, there's, there's just a buzz there all the time.
3: Yeah, our fall meet falls just uh, a week or so after the conclusion of the September yearling sale, which is the world's largest uh, thoroughbred auction. So we have a lot of activity with that. Then we get ready for the race meet, which will be all of October. Then we have the November breeding stock sale. So this is a really busy time of year. In fact, one of my co calls it the fall haul. But everybody's on board, everybody's on deck, everybody's, you know, really wanting to put forth the best effort to make this uh, a great few months here at Keeneland.
1: Well, you do. Well, let's start out with uh, a weekend where I get to meet some family members. They come on all the way in from New York, and that's Fall Stars All Stars. Uh, You've got plenty on your plate over the next three days.
3: Yeah, tomorrow is the opening day of our 17-day fall meet that runs through Saturday, October 25th, and we'll be racing uh, Wednesdays through Saturday with the first race at 105. This weekend is Fall Stars Weekend, and we feature a lot of races, a lot of horses that uh, are important. Uh, Looking forward to the Breeders' Cup World Championships at the end of the month in Santa Anita. Uh, this weekend we've got nine graded stakes worth $3.6 million and that includes our first million dollar race, the Shadwell Turf Mile on Saturday that has the magnificent Wise Dan, um, back. Um, so we will be so excited to see him and, uh, see if he can keep the streak going. He's won a record seven stakes at Keeneland and he, reportedly is training better than ever now. So we are so lucky to be able to see him meet after meet.
1: Well, I went down there last year specifically to watch the, the Shadwell Turf Mile, and as you may recall, one of the biggest storms that ever came through Lexington came through that afternoon, and the race was transferred uh, not only to the poly track but to a different distance. And he ended up uh, r- running second that day. He certainly had an excuse. Uh, Silver Max had everything his own way on the front end. He's back in here to challenge him, but I never saw poly track be sloppy, and I know that I never will see Polytrack sloppy again in Lexington. Give me the buzz on your new dirt track.
3: Well, in May we started uh, renovation for a new uh, racetrack and we removed 16,000 tons of Polytrack and uh, we have uh, installed a dirt track that features an innovative drainage system. Um, when the PolyTrack racetrack was installed, a real extensive, innovative uh, vertical drainage system was placed under the track, and we're using that in addition to some unique systems that are under the inside and outside rails. So this surface, this system has been tested, it uh, gets... This, unbelievable care and treatment throughout the day. We have GPS systems on the graders that know every inch of this racetrack, what part needs more water, what part needs a little more attention or whatever. And the cool thing is our new racetrack uh, superintendent, Javier Barajas, is here at the crack of dawn, if not before, walking the turf course, checking out the dirt track when the The break is going on at the dirt track from 8 to 8.30 in the morning. He's out driving one of the tractors. So he is hands-on, and he really is an artist who has been taking great care of this track. So I think all the horsemen are ready to see what real racing is like. They've all had very positive Opinions of the track uh, with these several weeks that horses have been training on it, so we're excited to to uh, be racing on dirt again.
1: Well, uh, yeah, I talked to Kenny McPeak, and he says his horses are coming back, really getting a lot out of uh, working over it. He says it reminds him a lot of Churchill. All right, let's get away from some of the ground that we covered with uh, Bill Thomason a couple weeks ago and talk about some of the unique features. Only got a couple minutes left, so we'll just spend a little bit on each. Let's start with uh, the race day app. I can actually have my own handicapper in my pocket, huh?
3: Yeah, I mean, we we have... uh... Uh, introduced this app in the spring, but we keep tweaking it, making enhancements to it, so you can really use it as a tool to help you wager at Keeneland and then help you just get around at Keeneland and know where things are and alert your friends to what's going on. So um, there are entries, scratches, changes, odds, results, a betting calculator. There's a GPS maps. So you can locate your friends who are out here. We've got race replays. Those are new for the fall. Uh, A live chat uh, with a handicapper, Jeremy Plonk, horse player now. And so it's really a a great reference tool to help you make the most of your day at Keeneland and and hopefully help you get some winners in the window.
1: Well, I'm thinking one of the great tools that you've got to help me with my great day at Keeneland is the craft beer tent.
3: (laughs) Yes, and that kicks off tomorrow, and they'll be back on Saturday. So um, definitely need to check that out.
1: You know, know, I won't be shy, but I'll wait until after the last day of
3: gaming. (laughs) That's right. Now, Saturday Um, we have uh, a big football game. Uh, The University of Kentucky is playing Saturday night, a home game against South Carolina. And you can ride the bus from Commonwealth Stadium out to Keeneland, enjoy the races, and then hit the bus back to the football game that night. So um, it's a perfect uh, Saturday afternoon in Kentucky.
1: Uh, It it sure is, but I can just imagine. Now, uh, we were talking briefly off the air. looks like in the area, probably guaranteed some some, some rain on on opening day. But they say it's going to be a little... uh, Less likely, maybe a shower, but it's going to be cool, so I'd advise all those people uh, coming uh, with the in the UK bus or from wherever they're coming from that might want to throw a sweater or an extra jacket with them as they come to the track.
3: Yeah, definitely. It's good to have a few layers, be prepared uh, for some rain this time of year, but... Burgoo and bourbon will help with uh, any type of adverse weather conditions and Keelan is still the best place to be on uh, any day of the year, so.
1: Well, you, you won't get any argument from me. I've, I've been a cheerleader on these airwaves for a long, long time. We've been talking with Amy Owens. There's so much more to know about what's going on. I hope you get a chance to be in the central Kentucky area over the next couple of weeks. And if you do want to know what's going on, go to Keeneland.com. There's just so much to cover. We don't have enough time to do it right now. But I do thank Amy Owens for taking the time uh, to be with us, and I look forward to seeing you on Saturday.
3: Thank you, Don. It's good to be on your show.
1: Well, it's always good to have Amy Owens, and it's good to have a guy by the name of Keeneland Dan. That's right. Keeneland Dan Cronin is going to be coming on with us here after a quick break. We're going to look at tomorrow's Alcibiades, and then we're going to take on three grade three races on Fall Stars All-Star Weekend at Keeneland. You're listening to Winning Ponies. (laughs) All right, and with me now a guy that was kind of born into being a handicapper. Uh, he's part of a family of uh, of, of handicappers, uh, and also a, a family of uh, round ball uh, players and coaches. Uh, we somewhat call him a professional handicapper because he's been doing it for. We'll just say 25-plus years so I don't date you too much, Dan. But uh, <laughs> Yeah, okay. <laughs> he, he's the son of legendary handicapper, Hap Cronin, over years, uh, was a staple at River Downs, and uh, he's the brother of the Cincinnati Bearcat basketball coach Mick Cronin. And uh, before I go any further, I want to introduce you to Keeneland Dan Cronin. And, uh, Dan, I got a question for you, and I looked at Sunday's card, and I believe it's the Dixiana and I saw a horse in there called Cronin the Barbarian. Did Rick Cotino name this horse after your brother? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Great name. Yeah, I never see your brother about, look. About, he doesn't remind me about, about a, like a barbarian until he gets a really bad call in a Bearcats game.
2: Right, right. Well, they're very close friends. And the funny story about that is when he was in at Kentucky Downs, I, I called my guy that's really good friends with Sims and. And they say, well, they really didn't want to run in this spot. He doesn't think he can beat this field and all this other stuff. And then, of course, he wins. And I can't even remember what he paid because I threw everything in the living room.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Now, uh, if I can ask, will your brother go down and and watch the horse race on Sunday? I I would
2: bet he's going to be there,
1: yes. That's great. That's great. Well, uh, Dan, obviously you don't get the nickname Keeneland Dan unless you've been playing that uh, track for many, many years. I don't know if you were happy or sad when they installed PolyTrack and if it changed your, your, your betting ways. My question now is... We have an interesting, I won't call it a problem, uh, but we have an interesting situation facing us over the next several days and that none of us know really how this new dirt track's going to play. What's going to be your approach?
2: Well, I have talked to every trainer and every everybody I can possibly talk to, clockers and, and trying to get some kind of feel for what's going on in the mornings and you know like you guys said earlier a lot of the guys are just saying that it's playing a lot like Churchill and if it plays like Churchill we'll be fine you know I don't have any problem with that I'm scared to death it's going to get like the old Keeneland where whoever makes the lead wins and they draw away by eight or ten lengths And to me that's no fun for anybody so I'm hoping it plays fair I think it will I think they've put a lot of time and effort into it but to be honest with you, I have not had a losing meet at Keeneland since they installed PolyTrack, so I'm not real happy they're switching.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're one of the few that I've talked to. You know, I know. I know. Everybody else is move. elated. <laughs> well, okay, well, I, well I'm sorry. You can, you can go down and visit it at the training track down below if you if you feel like it. Right, <laughs> right. But, right. but uh, from what everything I, I've heard, you know, I they've got a new they 've actually have a GPS system in the grader that goes around the track that assures that the track is within one sixteenth of an inch of level from go to woe, from rail to rail, so uh, I, I don't think consistency is going to be a problem, and I do remember the days of uh, the, that, that uh, golden road on the rail, and like you said, it was no right. fun, but it was only no fun unless you were the last guy to figure it out, if, if you got down right. Right. there, and right. you that's knew that's it, <laughs> <laughs> you could have a pretty good day. But, uh, that is
2: true. Was, if, you, if you just finally would just give in and take whoever you thought was going to make the lead, and, then you were fine. If you were stubborn and kept taking those back-on closers, then you were in deep trouble. Well, uh,
1: we're going to be uh, faced with some interesting uh, races. We picked, we picked four, one tomorrow, and three grade ones on Saturday. Uh, so let's get right into it since we have Keeneland Dan Cronin with us. Uh, the Darley Alcibiades offers 400000 This is the 63rd running. And uh, nobody wanted to stay home for this one. Looks like there's going to be 13 of them. In the starting gate, and some of them coming here with some pretty decent credentials. Uh, you've got uh, obviously down on the rail, a fashion alert. Uh, who's undefeated from the Pletcher Barn, Johnny V. will be in to ride it. This was a big buzz horse up at Saratoga and lived up to it in the Schuylerville, where it was just way, way and deservedly so. As it turns out, he broke in, he was bumped, still got the job done. Uh, then you've got a couple of horses coming out of the Pocahontas at Churchill Downs. The difference between Fashion Alert and those horses are they've had the chance to go around two turns. So I think the question mark for the horse that may ultimately be the favorite, and I'm thinking that that might be fashion alert, is uh, can he get the distance? As that same question will be put on top decile, if I'm saying that right, uh, Rosina Pravnik's mount, who came out with a really strong 81 buyer off her debut at Saratoga. So I'm just painting the race with a broad brush, looking forward to your input.
2: Well, I, I think you hit on some of the main contenders. I mean, I, I got this race down to two, uh, and it's probably not the same two that most people will take. I don't like the Fletcher horse at all. I, I, I went back and watched those races and looked at those company lines and, and take charge of Brandy who's in this race. I mean, I, I don't think she's that much. And, you know, I, I know they went real fast early, but I just think this horse is going to be going to the lead, and I, and I think Taylor S. and Top uh, top the to sile, I guess you pronounce it, are gonna be sitting right behind her. And I think one of those two or both of those two are gonna run right by on the turn and then it's gonna be down to which one of these is the better horse. And I I love Taylor S in the first start and just couldn't have win any easier. I know there wasn't a lot behind her, but that horse that did run second's a nice horse of, of Walsh's that they really thought a lot of. And top the to sile they've been telling us about for about three months and at, at, she couldn't have went any easier, really. I mean, Ring Knocker is is in the big race at New York um, Saturday, and, and Ring Knocker is a really nice filly. So I think one of those two are going to stalk. I think one of those two are going to roll into the lead, turn them for home, and with that short stretch, it's not Polly anymore. I, I don't see anybody coming from the clouds on this third track unless they can prove it to me, and then I'll then I'll change my opinion.
1: All right, we're talking with Dan Cronin, and we're looking at. Tomorrow's El Sabaitis. I guess if there's two mystery horses in here, they'll probably go off a price, would be uh, two horses that did not get favorable posts, and that would be Peace and War, who's coming in from England for the race, uh, obviously a well-respected war front uh, Philly and then Way on the outside, unlucky 13 gap year, who really kind of put in a, a solid debut after spotting the field a couple lengths. Uh, Joel Rosario will be back in the saddle there. Uh, again, closed well, maybe distance will suit that horse, but it's going to have a lot to overcome with that post position in the mile and the 16th.
2: Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. If if she was in the 1, 2, 3, 4 hole, I'd have her on all my pick threes and fours. But just being in the 13 and, again, the fact that we're back to third again and we're hitting that turn real fast. And I always joke about Rosario. I say, you know where Rosario is going to be in every race he rides. He's either in front or he's last. Rarely he's (laughs) in between. So I know what he's going to do. As soon as they open the gate, he's going to tank this horse dead last. She's going to be 13th when they turn that bend. And, yeah, she'll probably come running and probably run third, fourth, or fifth, and it'll set her up for a heck of a career. But, I just don't see her on dirt being able to pass 12 horses in the lane with that short stretch.
1: Well, Dan Cronin pointed out something that maybe some of our listeners don't know, and that's that... Uh, Keeneland is one of the rare tracks that actually has two finish lines, so for a mile and the 16th, they come around, and they got a short run to the wire, so yeah, you want to be pretty well-placed when you get there. You you made a good point, Dan, without a doubt. Well, a race we probably won't have to worry about the surface, even though they're saying there's going to be some moisture in the air, but seldom unless it's bad do they take a race off the turf at keeneland and that's going to be the first lady they're going to be going a mile on the turf this is a saturday race and uh interesting enough that the one two finishers from last year a uh, better lucky and day at the spa are back to face off again only a head separated them a year ago
2: yeah both of them got big chances again but 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 I'm not going with either one of them. I, I, I've bet against this other filly so many times. She's beat me so many times. I'm finally going to give in and pick Somali Lemonade instead of throwing things when she beats me at 8 or 9 to 1. It seems like every couple of weeks it just she just keeps beating me. So I think she's going to stalk about fourth and I, I think there's going to be a real hot pace in there uh, because they at the spa and the street Mark are going to sit right behind Instaford and and they're going to be rocking and rolling there on the front end. And I just don't see Somali Lemonade uh, being that far back. And, and I think she's going to get up in the final furlong. Unless and, and something, I don't know what happened last time. I, I, I'm sure you probably thought the same thing I thought last time with Flimby. I, I thought she was a mortal cinch in that race up at Saratoga. And she didn't pick up a, a foot. So I, I just don't know what happened to her last time. But I guess, you know, if you just toss that race out, you got to use her in your pick fours. But but I, I think Somali Lemonade is going to get the jump on them, and, and I think uh, that's the winner.
1: Well, the, the horse that Dan alluded to, uh, Fulimbi, was a horse that uh, started over in France. In its very first start, it was at Keeneland in an allowance race, rallied big time through the lane, and was just beaten by a horse by the name of Somali Lemonade. Since then, uh, came back in in May and won an optional claimer at Belmont on the turf. Then came back and won the uh, De La Rose at Saratoga. And again, a question mark about its last race. But you know, any horse that uh, Bill Mott puts a bridle on. Is dangerous without a doubt, but uh, Better Lucky, Mike Smith, man, he's the money rider right now. This horse has already won over a million dollars, and uh, and does like Keeneland was in the, the uh, First Lady last year and mm-hmm. was the winner. And the horse that I was talking about that ran uh, second behind uh, Better Lucky was uh, Day at the Spa with Johnny V up. So this is a very very competitive nine horse field. I think you, you, it's, it's awful hard to uh, to say that you'll get a price because even the odds maker only put two long shots in the field. So a very interesting betting race, I believe.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think you got to go, you know, fairly deep in pick fours or pick threes. I, I don't think you can just single Somali Lemonade. I, I think you got to take Flomby. I think Better Lucky's got to be on your ticket because it seems like they never bet on Better Lucky. She's always four, five, six, seven to one, and that's where she'll be again. So why wouldn't you want her on your ticket if it's going to make your ticket if she would happen to get up again? And, I, and it wouldn't surprise me if there wasn't three or four fillies within a half a length when they hit that wire.
1: Absolutely. Very, very, very competitive race. Again, uh, we're talking about the first lady a grade one, 400000 That's going to be on the weeds at Keeneland, and that is a Saturday race. It'll be listed as the seventh. Well, uh, my producer is telling me here we've got to take a uh, quick little break. And when we come back, we're going to take a look at what's the Claiborne Breeders' Futurity this year. And then, of course, the race that Horse of the Year, Wise Dan, will be in the Shadwell Turf Mile. We're handicapping with Keeneland Dan Cronin, and you're listening to Winning Ponies. <laughs> He's a fly ball deep right field. thought goes O'Neal. He's hey, at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds
2: left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here.
0: From high school to the pros, we we cover everything. We cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. All right, and with
1: me is uh, Keeneland Dan Cronin. Before I go any further, I know a lot of our listeners have Twitter accounts. If they want to add you to their account, Dan, how do they do that?
2: It's Keeneland Dan at FatBaldGuyRacing. <laughs> at fat guy dot Racing.
1: It's just at fat bald guy, racing. Fat, fat bald guy Racing. okay. Uh, with, a, with a cigar in his mouth and his pants unzipped. <laughs> it there you go. Like an old Gary Burbank <laughs> shtick. But, uh, uh Dan, you as a handicapper, um, do you have a favorite kind of style of bet? You've already referred to a couple times in this segment, uh, pick threes, pick fours. Um, w- w- which way do you like to go with the track, or does it
2: just depend on the way the card settles out that day? It, 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 I, I do the, what we tend to tell, tell everybody is called the single spread spread method. So pick three, pick four, pick five sometimes is the only plays I ever make and I will not make a play without a single. You know, like today's Belmont pick five, I looked at that till I was blue in the face, could not find a single, so we just didn't play. And then later on in the day, I thought there was two obvious singles and we got lucky enough that they both won and and had a really nice day, but that's, I just, I, I, I try to turn eight to five, two to one, into about 10 or 20 to one by spreading out the races around my single, trying to, like today at Belmont, we took seven horses in the fourth race, three in the fifth race, uh, into our single, and got lucky enough to, to nail it, and the the victory pick, pick paid $864, because we caught two prices into the brown horse that I thought was a cinch at Belmont today. And, and that's just the way I play every day. They, they're not always the favorites, but if I, if I think I've got a single somewhere, I, instead of just betting straight, I, I try to really try to spread out around them, get lucky, catch an eight or ten to one somewhere, and if my single wins, I'm happy.
1: You know, I think that's great advice because, you know, in this day and age, our our full crop has been in a steady decline. Uh, The race dates haven't changed that much. So uh, we do at even the top races across the country end up with short fields. So I guess that's really where you go to find your value.
2: Yeah, and I think that's the only way you can. I mean, trifectas, nowadays, and superfectas, they just, with these dime plays, you just, they don't pay that much. The pools aren't that big. The fields are smaller. I think you got a way better shot of, of getting 10, 15, 20-to-1 by just, you know, you see a, a race with 10 horses in New York on the grass that's absolutely wide open. You know, you take six or seven of them, and you find another race around your single that you can only take two or three of them. And, you know, seven times three is $21. You know, it's not the end of the world. If you can turn <laughs> that into a $200 pick three, you're getting 10-to-1 on a horse that, like today, that the brown horse went off three to five you know, I mean, how can you turn a three to five, a $21 play into $400? You just can't do that betting straight because people, you know, people hammer information these days. I think that's the one thing that's changed over the 25 years I've been handicapping is you could find six, eight, nine to one shots a lot easier 20 years ago than you can today because there's just so much information that guys can find. I think the public's more educated now to to find these horses, and, you know, social media has a lot to do with that. I mean, you know, I met one of my favorite guys in horse racing, Bruno DiGiulio, on on the Internet. I mean, I would have never met him 20 years ago. I just happened to meet him on Twitter, and now we're great friends, and he's a clocker, and when he sees something he likes, he calls me and tells me, you know, and I would never get that information 20 years ago. I, I'd be down in the grandstand at River Downs begging Jim Morgan to tell me about his 2-year-old. <laughs> you know, I talked Jim that's last week. As a matter of fact, <laughs> you, know, you know that's the only way we could ever get anything. I, you know, hope one of the ushers wiped the seat for him, and he said, "Hey, my two-year-old can run today." You know, now you can get them all over the country.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got Quigley's Corner out on the West Coast, and uh, absolutely, uh, like Andy said,
2: Harrington does a great job out there too.
1: Well, uh, let, let's see what we can do here. Uh, moving back to uh, to Keeneland on Saturday, uh, the Claiborne Farm, Breeders Futurity this year. Again, this is the time of year, mile and a the 16th. These horses are going to be stretching out, but if they want to make it uh, to the big dance in the Breeders' Cup, they need to try two turns. Uh, you've got the horse that was a huge buzz horse up at Saratoga this year, Carpe Diem. You're going to be a buzz no matter what when you sell for $1.6 million. Coming out of the Pletcher (laughs) barn, reels off an 84 buyer in his debut and uh, just uh, ran away with the race. Uh, But that race was five and a half furlongs. Then in reversal, you've got coming in from Churchill, Couple horses out of the Iroquois, where they were asked to go a mile and a sixteenth, finishing a game second in there was Bold Conquest, who looked like maybe he had it won before Lucky Player nailed him at the wire, and uh, behind him was hashtag #Bourbon, a son of Super Saver, who's been uh, working lights out. Uh, what you read on the Breeders' Futurity, long a staple uh, at Keeneland, this is the 101st running.
2: Well, I think, John, the good news about this race is we're going to get to see about 15, 14 or so dirt races before we have to handicap this one, because you, if the speed's rolling, then you've got to go with with the car, PM you know, or a customer, but if the speed's not rolling, and it's playing more fair, I don't like either one of those horses. Um, I think the two horses coming out of the Iroquois, Bold Conquest and Hashtag Bourbon, who Hashtag Bourbon I bet on, and and was ready to drive the Churchill and strangle B.J. Hernandez for that ride. Hey, 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 he's a friend of mine. Be careful. Oh, I love him. Don't get me wrong. I, I was joking with him a couple of years ago on, on the internet with, with Fort Larned. I said, "You make the lead, you're going to win." And he said, "Oh, I'm sending. I'm sending." You know. So when he won, I was I was more than happy for him. No, but, he did uh, get you know, he did get jammed up in the Iroquois. I have to admit. Yeah, yeah, he got jammed up. All, you know, I was like, "Oh man, he was going to win," but you know, it happens in horse racing. But I, I think. Lay Peru is going to sit this horse in the back, and, and from the ten hole, he's not going to have much choice really. And I think Bold Conquest and Rosie, is one of my favorite riders in the world, I, I think I think she's so underrated. I, I don't think I don't she think she's underrated. I think she's getting the headline she deserves. She's yeah, Jackie well, she's of the week this week. Yeah, I, I think I mean if you if you list out the top ten riders in America, she has to be in there. in My opinion, well, and absolutely. I think she's going to give this. You know, this horse is going to get a great ride. A great trip. And the fact that they've both been two turns before, I think they got a huge advantage. And really, if you go back and look at the company line of Carp Diem, who I, I, do you think this horse is going to be four to one? I, I, I think he'll probably be eight to five. I, I'd be oh, shocked if yeah. that horse oh, four yeah. to one. Absolutely, people. And,
1: I mean, just with, with his connections and people see that he's a one point six million dollar right. sales horse, and Johnny V up, Winstar Farm, pretty sharp outfit. They're the owner of this horse. Oh, he's going to go off the favorite, no doubt.
2: Right, and I keep looking at Louisiana Brown, who is a, who's, a, who's nothing. You know, and the horse did draw away, and they did go in 44 and 4, but, you know, going from five and a half to a two-turn route, you know, with other speed in there, it looks like the one's going to break right with this horse. You know, I'm not so sure this horse is going to get an easy trip, and the 7 Conquest Tsunami's got to break, too, um, to where this could, this, unless this, this track comes up just absolutely speed favoring, I think you're going to get a nice price on Bold Conquest and a nice price on Hashtag Bourbon. And even the ultra long shot that anybody out there that's playing the pick four, please don't leave keen ice off your ticket. You know, the, the people from Donegal are friends of mine, and they absolutely loved this horse last time. And he got up in the last whisker, and this horse was absolutely flying at the end. And, and I know he's got to come from the clouds, but this horse is going to be 15-20-1 at least. And if they collapse, he's going to be rolling and out of curling. He should get better every start. Absolutely, And like you
1: said, great, great connections. I really do love those people. Uh, I've had uh, Jerry on the this, this show before. Well, um, we're coming down uh, the home stretch, as they say, on the airwaves. And if you do go to Keeneland on Saturday, you're going to get a chance to see two-time reigning horse of the year, Wise Dan. If we don't get the unbelievable rain that we got a year ago that forced uh. the, race, the poly track, Wise Dan's... Days on the grass, I got a feeling he's one of those horses you're gonna be singling in your multiple wagers. Tell me I'm right.
2: Yeah, I mean you, you almost have to single him and I, I don't see any way around that. I mean it, if you wanna take one other horse, it would only be to me it's gotta be optimizer. I, I can't take the one Saeed, Grand Arts don't belong. I've said all I've said for years, if you're gonna beat Wise Dan. You have to you have to get him from behind. The horses in front of him are not going to beat him. Silver Max and the obvious of the world—they're not going to beat him because he's going to stalk right behind them. That will the wind's going to come flying, and he's not going to get beat from somebody in front. Somebody's going to have to come from over the top of him, where he just doesn't see him or come wide or something, and, and nail him on the last step. Like almost happened twice this year, but. I don't think Seek Again's ready. I mean, looking at it, I don't like all those layoff lines. You know, ran in June and didn't run again till August, and he's been sitting there for two months. You know, I, I don't think that's the kind of horse that's going be to beat Wise Dan. And Optimizer's got that back class. He's going to be 15-1. to I mean, if there's anybody that you want to take, you know, to, for the upset, it'd be Optimizer. But I'm with you. I, I think you just take the free square like we did the other day. And, and, and we were joking when he won last time. I was in a streak of 1-5s and 3-5s that I couldn't get home as singles, and finally he won by a whisker. I was laying over the chair down there at Turfway Park, and everybody was laughing at me. I was like, you guys don't understand how many three to fives in the last month I've gotten beat for big money. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> well, he'll be that on Saturday, a and Dan, my producers, tell me i got to clock out.
1: We've been talking with Keeneland Dan Cronin. I want to thank Amy Owens. We got the skinny on Fall Stars All-Star down at Keeneland this week. Hope everybody has a slew of winners. Remember, when you go to the track, bet with your head.